Welcome to For the Love of Books, Bees Books Edition, a podcast by North Lancashire Libraries. Hi, this is Buddy. And this is Jenny. And we're here to talk about Bees, Bees Books. books. <laughs> Fabulous. So this time around, our theme is out of the blue. But I must admit that I'm feeling a bit, well, I don't know, what colour would you describe sleepiness? Oh, a kind of marshmallowy pale pink. Oh, like dreamland. Yes, I was uh-huh. thinking more like grey and depressing because oh. <laughs> I was trying to go back to sleep since three in the morning when my body betrayed me and then I couldn't. So it started off grey and then it became red because I was oh. so angry at its betrayal. Uh, so, yeah, I but pink sounds... I'm glad you have a nice <laughs> Maybe sleep. if you had thought more pink thoughts than, than grey thoughts you, you might have drifted off oh maybe but. yes maybe. i'll try that if it decides to do it again yes. for the third night in a row but yeah so it was very interesting to think about out of the blue mm-hmm. i have like a book offering and an a visit offering oh, oh. <laughs> that sounds like a spiritual visitor, like a ghostly visitor but Colours in a different way, but they're both like emotion based, I think. What about you? Okay, so I have two books. I'm just going to go dive right in. Do it. So the first one is kind of obvious. It's called Cobalt Blue by (laughs) the wonderful Matthew Riley. Um, There's two blues there. There's Cobalt and there's blue. (laughs) And the cover's blue. So Uh, it's like, yeah. Ooh, I love that cover. Who is this? This is Adventure Girl. Superhero. It's very good. She does look like a Um, superhero. And I also have another book um, called The City (gasps) of Stardust. Ooh. by George R. Summers. It's beautiful. Um, and this one doesn't have much blue in the cover. No. There's no blue, ke- blue in the book. However, <laughs> it's out of the blue because another member of staff had oh. ordered it in for her to read, decided it wasn't up her street, gave it to me, I started reading it and boom, I was right in it. So oh, out of the blue, this nice. book came across um, me and here it is. Oh, fantastic. So I'm looking forward to talking about those. But what have yeah. you got as your book offering? Well, my book offering is called How oh. to Be Sad <laughs> by Helen Russell. The key to a happier life. It sounds a bit contradictory. Oh. But so the copy that we have here is a paperback mm-hmm. uh, and it's white with a blue umbrella. Mm-hmm. But the copy that I'd originally read about three years ago was the hardcover version. And that was blue, oh. like completely blue. So it had two blues going, but the spine is blue here. It is, yes. There's definitely blue there. Yeah, and also it's the blueness of being existential crisis. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that is my book offering for you today. And what's your other offering? (laughs) My other offering is, so based on this, How to Be Sad, it basically talks about... You know, sadness has like really bad rap because everyone's trying to be happy. Mm-hmm. So, but sadness is something that should be embraced mm-hmm. because it's like you, if you sort of keep running away from it, you're not going to, you're not going to actually deal with your feelings. You're just avoiding your feelings. So, sadness is just a part of life. So, something that I experience, unfortunately, is seasonal affective disorder. With so, I feel very blue, very sad, very grey uh, in winter. But, and like, don't want to do anything, want to hermit. But this weekend, I decided it's, you know, the days are getting lighter, uh, sun, warmer, sun is coming out. So I'll make a trip to mm-hmm. the Burrell Collection oh. in uh, the museum. So it's like a museum in Glasgow where I live. And they had Luna New Year celebrations, oh. which was really lovely. And they have, so the Chinese have like color symbolism as well. So I went to look at the Chinese sort of crockery and pottery and things and went on a tour with the chi- curator of Chinese 
art and she talked about like the colors which i'll talk about as well but blue and green are like commingled in chinese uh, sort of belief system so for a long time they didn't even have different words for blue and green it was oh. the same thing because it was about growth and rejuvenation which i feel like it's a good kind of blue so you're embracing the blue for the green i suppose mm-hmm. so yes the barrel collection fully recommend i have to say the barrel collection is wonderful um i wanted when i was very small to be the curator of the whole of the barrel collection oh. mainly so i could go in the places where um public are not allowed um, and to touch the things that the public are not allowed to touch um, but it is a wonderful place um, and the gardens and that around it you know on a very sunny day it is stunning have you been recently not for a couple of years so you should go so i wasn't when i first moved to glasgow it was shut for refurbishment like for oh. years um because they were doing the whole thing over again and they only opened it i think 2 years ago oh. like the new uh, thing and the f- one of the first rooms that you enter like speaking about garden so it's in the middle of a country park pollock country park and the doors uh, the walls are basically floor to ceiling glass <gasps> windows oh, so you can see the trees in the far the like you know the mm-hmm. woods outside and then there's like sort of um, human made beauty inside with all the statues and the exhibits oh. and at the back it's nature it's beautiful so you should go and like other people should yes. go <laughs> but yes i want to hear about your book maybe not talking about sadness <laughs> maybe talking about adventure so the first one i want to talk about is cobalt blue it's by Matthew Riley who I love um he writes very good adventure books oh. so um he writes books like um in fact I shall tell you some yeah. of the books he writes <laughs> um so he has a series called Scarecrow and a series with Jack West um the Jack West books are just my favorite um the very first book is the seven ancient wonders Ooh, and it was all that. the way down to the three secret cities the two lost mountains and the one impossible labyrinth Jack West is yes, a heart, and it is very much Indiana Jones squashed in with like kind of more modern times, and it they're just wonderful. And Jack Mm. West is just just gorgeous, um, and they are fabulous. But he does do a few standalone ones. So um, a very good one is the Great Zoo of China. (laughs) Think Jurassic Park, but um, different. Um, And (laughs) this one um, is a kind of new a new book that he's written. I'm hoping there's more to come. Mm. Um, But it is a book in itself. There doesn't need to be any more. If he doesn't want to, please write some more. (laughs) Um, But it's basically, um, back in the day, um, like 40 years ago, whatever, um, an American um, doctor and a Russian kind of soldiery scientist, I think he is, um, it's a doctor of science as well, sorry, go to somewhere, you can tell I read this a couple of weeks ago, um, <laughs> and an event happens, and basically they both become superheroes. Oh! So we have a superhero in America and a superhero in Russia, um, and you've got that kind of balance, um, what is it they call it? Um, the Gold War? Mutual Oh, yes, 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 yeah, mutually assured destruction. Yes, yes. Yeah. So basically, you know, they're both kind of keeping everything on a balance mm-hmm. so they're superheroes they have usual kind of super strength and um, they can fly they can do this they can do that however they it doesn't stop them getting older oh. and at the time um dr cobalt um, was about 20 or so years older than um, the other person and she dies oh. and basically 
um, the the Russian one decides that's <gasps> it, coming over to kind of destroy oh. America. Um, that's kind of a thing. It's quite a quick story to read. It could have been twice as big. Yeah. Um, basically, I think um, Matthew Riley wrote it as possibly a kind of screenplay with a thought of doing you know something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's filled in a wee bit for yeah. a book, but not too much. Usually, I don't like that. Um, and don't get me wrong, I would have liked it if it was twice as big. <laughs> but actually, because of the way he writes, it doesn't matter. Um, he very much writes boom, 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 boom. Yeah. It's just action the whole time. Yeah. So you're basically plonked in. It's the day of the funeral or the day after the funeral. And overcomes oh, right. okay. the fury, is the, the Russian um, uh, guy. Over he comes and basically starts killing all this, the children of the, the main... Um, oh, because they might sort of like get yes. superpowers. So they have superpowers, okay. um, but they only have half the superpowers of the the main um, superhero, um, and it's the same with the Russian one. So he has children, but they only have half the powers. So they're half as strong. Um, they can some of them can still fly, but they're still superheroes, but they're not quite as strong. So basically, he comes over to to kill them all. Oh. Um, very happy start yes <laughs> and I have book. to say as well I mean it's not just like it's very much a superhero book so it's not just he kind of shoots them or something you know it's basically he throws a building on top of them of or you know this I mean kind if of you thing. have superpowers you don't want to boring exactly kill. you want like to have fun with uh-huh. it but there's other wee stories going on so all the children obviously America did the children differently than Russia oh. Russia basically got them to try and get as many women as he could pregnant in the hope that um, superheroes would of work course. whereas in America they did it more scientifically all that kind of stuff but they roughly have the same amount of children um, and one of each of their children is very very smart mm. but has no kind of empathy or anything so the American one's decision to try and combat this is basically to blow up a city in the hope that when the the fury's there that will kill him without thinking about the people in the city Uh Mm -hmm. whereas our hero um, who is the only natural born daughter of um, Cobalt um, doesn't want to be a superhero she's basically a scientist and she's quite happy but she's kind of in witness protection so that she's not discovered as being um, related but she has to step up basically because all her brothers and sisters are basically getting killed. My um, oh. There's a lot in it. So there's lots of stories about the siblings. Um, and as I say, there could have been more about that. So one of them joins, I think it's the fire brigade, um, in an effort to kind of help yeah. that. You know, one goes to Vegas and becomes quite a, a thing in Vegas. You know, they all help. I suppose strategically using your superpower yes, uh-huh. based on your moral compass, like exactly. if for good or evil. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas um, Cobalt is kind of, um, or Cobalt Blue, she becomes, is, um, has the smarts as well. So she works out how to get things done without destroying whole cities, <laughs> <laughs> basically. Try not to give too much yeah. away. Yeah. It does end, and there are a couple of the siblings alive on each side. And there's kind of a conversation in the the very end yeah. where you think, ooh, could oh. there be more? Um, but it's very good. And Matthew Riley, as I say, he writes very much action, 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 action. Um, there's no kind of 
downtime as yeah. such. You know, there's maybe a flashback, but in the flashback there's something exciting happening. Yeah. You know, it's very much a book that you kind of want to read in one go. Um, and sometimes that's exactly what your brain needs. Sometimes yes. maybe you want to sort of savor and spend time and think or whatever. And sometimes you just want like something that you're gripped by. No, and exactly. with movies as well and TV shows, exactly. like you'll watch like arty farty movies sometimes. Yes. And other times you just want like you don't really want to be thinking. No, too you much. just want. Yeah. something happening yeah. in mm-hmm. front of you yeah and just being stimulated yeah. by it that sounds like a really fun premise I would watch it I think on a big I think screen. it would make an excellent um, mini series yeah. there's too mm-hmm. much in it for a film oh. but I think it would make an excellent like yeah. series I'd um, love it and as I say if there was to be more yeah. um, season 2 yes please yeah. um, but Matthew Riley in general is just wonderful I'm um, going to look up his the, the ancient civil the whatever yes. even though it, because those titles sold me yes, on it and it's very much as I say slightly Indiana Jones type of thing and there is a slight crossover with Scarecrow as well which for fans was like wonderful oh. um, but yes so that's my first book yeah. but I need to know how to be sad yes because you know all the siblings are dead most of yes. them <laughs> the, rem- the remaining siblings need to deal with their grief and with their sadness so Helen Russell I hadn't encountered her before she's apparently written she calls herself a happiness researcher oh. I don't know if she calls herself or other people <laughs> call her that but she's like researched a lot about happiness but in which I've not read about but in this book it's sort of a mix of memoir um, research like scientific research or advice from experts as well as like a self-help guide to navigate like life I guess which is not the self-help bit is not usually my kind of thing but when I read this this was in 2021 Mm -hmm. when I was quite sad because the world around was like really but I was not that sad that I like I felt like I wanted help Mm -hmm. like trying to cope and I loved this book like I haven't reread it recently but the way that she approaches it you know she writes about like how sadness can help you essentially like it, it sort of identify like if you sit with sadness those uncomfortable feelings it can help you notice things that you might not have if you're ignoring your feelings mm-hmm. like either a problem that you can actually change or just like embracing your feelings so you can get over them and then actually move on rather than just distracting yourself mm-hmm. and I think in like these days on social media and stuff people don't really show their sadness so much or their negative feelings or their comfort. It's all happy, happy, happy. Because there seems to be like a kind of pressure on people to absolutely to be happy all the time absolutely. on social media. Or like show the best version of your yeah, life. Uh-huh. So like, you know, n- you're not showing the rubbish days or the ordinary days or the sad days. You're showing, or sometimes you are, but like not on like, maybe like if you're an influencer or something, but not yeah. like on everyday basis. And that can, like, if you are someone who's, like, looking at social media a lot, which I had to sort of take a break from uh, for my, like, seasonal affective disorder, (laughs) just take a break. It's really easy to compare, like, your life to theirs. And that can, like, sort of um, add to your feelings. Mm -hmm. So she's divided the book into three parts. Parts. Uh, part one is how to look after ourselves when we're sad. Part two is how to talk about being sad. And part three is stuff to do when you're sad. And it sounds like really a how-to guide, which it kind of is. 
but it's also really conversational she writes a lot about her own life her experience with sadness like right from childhood and as like an adult and how she's found like really terrible things to cope with but like just speaking to researchers to find healthy ways and she's not saying that all the things that she's writing about will work for everybody but i think she's trying to open up the conversation that like you know she wrote this after covid as well or during covid um and she says that like we've not really like in, especially i guess in the western uh, world there's not really as many rituals to mm-hmm. cope with grief or to even like sort of go through grief mm-hmm. and especially after covid when it wasn't just all the deaths like obviously the deaths were terrible a lot of people lost people but the sort of collective trauma of mm-hmm. it i don't think we've still really dealt with it in any way and you know currently like in the uk cost of living crisis every everything's you know everyone's poorer sadder depressed no, but nobody really like you know you just go on with it you yeah. repress those feelings so she's talking about how to sort of be held like sort of healthily embrace those feelings because you can't everyone's obsessed with being happy all the mm-hmm. time and she's like actually when you see the sadness and or experience the sadness and appreciate the sadness you'll be able to appreciate your happiness more like when you've gone through like you know terrible feelings and embrace that you're more open to joy and to connection and to relationships and to community so yeah i just loved the book and i would recommend it to i don't think like this is like a lot of non fiction for yeah. you you might not uh maybe like in small uh, bursts but for anybody who it really helped me when i was like really depressed well not re- I, i don't think i could have read it when i was really yeah. depressed but when i was ready to not be depressed mm-hmm. and obviously if you're depressed therapy and things like a book is not going to solve no. your depression but it helped me like be okay with my feelings i think and it was just really interesting like mm-hmm. she talks to not just neuroscientists and things she talks to artists and comics and um just writers like ab- about their experiences and how they make sense of the world and their feelings mm-hmm. so yeah it was it was really good it reminds me and this is very tenuous of the film inside out uh-huh yes it basically the whole point of that Absolutely. film is to say you do need sadness in your life mm-hmm. because otherwise you're not going to appreciate other things that's a so. fantastic connection <laughs> and th- this is the, what i really feel during like seasonal affective disorder like for the last couple of years i was more okay with it like i had sort of because in india this is not a thing i'd ever experienced we have sun all the time <laughs> we don't have like darkness at four and you know going out in the dark so it was only when i moved here that i started experiencing it but i note and this year like it's it sort of affected me more for whatever reason but it really makes me appreciate spring and summer so much like when i went to the barrel collection on um sunday i walked around the park a little bit as well and i saw this uh, the snowdrops and some of the tulips and some of the uh, trees budding and today like me and a coworker were talking about like on a train over when we were waiting for the train we heard a chorus of birds so yes. you know you notice that more So you feel like you really earned the spring and summer mm-hmm. because you've yeah. gone through the winter which I feel like that's her point mm-hmm. about feelings like yeah. you really appreciate even just not even happiness even just no, like normal yeah, everydayness yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah you appreciate like the small things so much more mm-hmm. when you've been through or when you've like accepted and yeah. like sat with your sad feelings so yeah fully recommend this book oh, really nice Is there a connection that you can draw between this book and the city of Stardust? I wonder. No. 
was a quick so, answer. Yes, I'll just dive straight in. <laughs> so as I say, this was given to me by a co-worker. Uh-huh. Um, she loved the, the cover and it is Pretty Pretty Pretty. It's beautiful. Um, didn't really look what the book was about, um, but it's a fantasy novel. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about fairy tales. Um, and she was like, no, that's not for me. And as I say, I went, oh, I'll read it. Um, and I really enjoyed it. It was one of these books, though, that at some points I was quite angry with it. Um, and I didn't well, Helen would yes. tell you to like and again like the Matthew Riley it could have been twice as big mm-hmm. um, there's a lot going on in it I would have liked to have heard one of the other character story running alongside the main character story but it didn't detract from the book without hearing that, if you see what I mean. Yeah. But if you're writing another one, please write it bigger. <laughs> oh, um, so is it a standalone? No, it is know? a standalone. Um, it is, as far as I can tell, yeah. definitely a standalone. Mm-hmm. But if she's going to write more, we yeah. would like bigger books. Please. <laughs> um, but again, a bigger book might have put some people off. So True. Anyway. I, I think this, I mean, I'm totally sold. The cover, your fairy tales, fantasy, mm-hmm. Yeah, Georgia. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But basically, it starts out um, in a big old rambling house, and we do like our big old rambling houses. We do. And there's a family um, called the Everleys, and um, there's a curse. Basically, Um, it appears that there's not very many Everleys that grow old. Um, And you find out that this woman, Penelope, comes once every generation and takes away somebody. Oh. It's never quite. Well, I never discovered quite what happens to that person they did they, they, they are they've they been, been eaten up by <laughs> I don't really I would read it again to see if I've missed something yeah um, but basically the, the girl in it who I've completely forgotten the name of Violet her mum um, is the person that's going to be taken away and she disappears she goes to find if she can break this curse and then never comes back mm. Penelope comes to the house oh hello young one um, if she had a moustache she would twirl her moustache <laughs> sees the, the younger one and thinks right okay but she gives her 10 years so basically when she first comes to the house she's 12 and she basically says I'll give you 10 years in case your mum comes back etc etc mum doesn't come back um, she gives her a year and a day onto that. Ooh, very, very um, Because I think, basically, Penelope wants Violet's mum. Um, but, you know, so she's given her a wee bit extra time, but that doesn't happen. Then Violet decides that she's going to try and find her mum. So she goes and searches around and finds her mum. Meanwhile, there's a, a lovely boy called Alexander, and that's whose story I would have quite liked uh-huh. in parallel. Yeah. Because he just jumps in and out of her story. Yeah. You kind of get what's happening with him. Um, but So he's from the other world. So he's from where it's not a fairyland, it's just kind of another another world that runs alongside. Um, and they have these people called scholars. And he wants to become a scholar. Mm, um, you do, Alexander. Yes. <laughs> and basically Penelope's kind of, as far as I can tell, in charge of this world. And she's taking Alexander on as kind of a... Uh, like an assistant almost to kind of see train him up but she's also a bad person um so oh. things happen so yeah what is happening to these people you were right yes to question that. <laughs> what's going on um <laughs> are they being used to power this alongside world like exactly. what's, what's happening i would have liked more of the scholar yeah. world i would have liked to have known more um but she goes and she kind of every now and again he's appear he appears but he doesn't 
quite realise how bad Penelope is. Ah. Even though she's like mean to him, I don't understand. Yeah. Um, but so he's kind of basically kind of fancies Violet, but at the same time, he's been told to go and find out what she knows and oh, things like that. So he's a spy. Espionage. Yes. Uh -huh. um, but he doesn't quite realise what he's into, if you see what I mean. Um, and Violet doesn't quite realise what's happening and occasionally you're shouting at them because you're like, just talk to each other. Mm. Um, but, yeah, um, it's a good story. It is a very good story. I really enjoyed it. Um, I would have just liked a wee bit more about other things. And then at the end, basically, it all turns out okay. <laughs> oh, oh, that's good. <laughs> yes, yeah, okay. I don't want to spoil it too yeah. much for anybody. Um, but we, the mum is never found. She's, I think, just... Went off to break the curse and then went, oh ho. Um, <laughs> Maybe she's a scholar. <laughs> um, it turns out there are more than those two worlds. Ah, um, a multiverse. Keys and things like that that you can mm -hmm. access other worlds and things like that. Oh. Um, but basically, the whole origin of the curse is that Penelope is like thousands of years old okay. and she fell in love with a mortal and gave them a year and a day to be together. And then she was going to take his soul. And throughout the book, there's kind of... That story runs through, but it's slightly every, different every time it's told. Ah. So for one of the, the things was that the... So the endings differ? Uh-huh. So oh. the guy um, basically said, no, destroy the village. Um, she said, I would take the village or I'll take you. And he said, no, destroy the village. Another story, it was like, he builds a cage around him so she can't get Ooh, to him. So it's I the love same that kind framework. of... Yeah, yeah. It's the same story, but you're not quite sure what who's the goodie and who's the baddie in it. Yeah. Um, oh, I love that. And at the end, you kind of find out what's yeah. what. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very clever, very good. And I also see sort of echoes of like different fairy stories. Like mm -hmm. you said, it's not necessarily fa like fairyland, nope. but it like there's, there's echoes there. Mm -hmm. And the thing of um, every whatever period Penelope comes and takes people away, you know, like I grew up reading, I don't know if it was East Asian or something, but essentially like a dragon mm -hmm. or, so, or maybe it was here, like set in uh, Europe, a dragon comes and takes away like, a person every year in return for leaving the village uh, mm -hmm. like safe for you know and then in when we enter the story there's always somebody who's like enough of this I yeah. want to break the curse <laughs> and that's when we so there's echoes of that it has all that in it you know it has all what you want in a fairy story yeah, in it yeah. without the fairies um, and Violet herself um, I like Violet um, as the main character oh, we kind of see her grown up it's quite quick to begin with how yeah. she grows up um, it's three kind of flashes of things um, but she's got two uncles um, and one of them basically lives in this ramshackle house and looks after her and the other one is off before she knows anything trying to work out how to break the curse yeah. um, and he comes back every now and again so she kind of grows up with fairy stories yeah. um, and believes like her uncle's a mastermind criminal and you know because he's out and about and he comes back and he's got a flash car and things yeah. she doesn't know about the other worlds that he's ah, going to yeah. and um, yeah it's, it's good it's good um, and I can see it like obviously a co-worker did not does not enjoy fantasy no. <laughs> and things but it seems like a gentle introduction mm -hmm. to fantasy like of, yeah yes it's like other worlds and things 
but it seems to be more about characters and relationships so you can focus on that rather than and just have that be maybe another country or whatever in your head like to yeah. make sense <laughs> or just like it's not like a super like witches and dragons no. and like whatever it's, it's kind of gentle yeah it's so um, it, it reminds me a little bit of the book that we both read that i can't remember the bear oh yes the nightingale yes, and the bear thank you very mm-hmm. much yeah um, yes. yes there's obviously fairy that was very yes. fairy tale as uh-huh, well yeah. but it was more about the people and how they kind of yeah and the world yes, as well uh-huh. like the the real world but also like people's connections to yes, it uh-huh, absolutely yes. like i like that because obviously fairy tales when we read them as kids they're really like uh, straightforward mm-hmm. uh, like ba- there's a bad guy there's a good guy this is the story and like there's tropes and things like a year and a day is yes, very uh-huh, recognizable yeah. but i love what people are doing now with yes. making it like a whole world of its own a whole genre of kind of making it modern as well yeah. that it's mm-hmm. running beside our world absolutely yeah and it's just it's nice to like look at the world from another perspective i think you know yeah and like an old-timey but modern way as that yep so i think b is gonna be super happy with our offerings including the barrel collection (laughs) like all of it is for me (laughs) but do you have any idea what our next theme is gonna be i do um and it is well yes it is silence is golden Oh, is it? Exactly. Again, <laughs> I don't know mark. if there's a question mark because B never lets on. No. But yes, yeah, silence is golden. Oh, I see. In some cases, um, Jenny, I think it very much yes. is. <laughs> I think also we work in a library and a lot of people think that libraries are still shh places. Yeah. Um, but public libraries are really not. No. I mean, both of us do book bug. Our book no. bugs are <laughs> not very silent. No. No. However, there are some times yeah. that you do quite like that wee time when yeah. it is quiet. When people are working and you're reading and you're, yes. you're reading. and Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, okay. Can't wait to see what we both <laughs> come up with. But in the meanwhile, I uh, hope you have an excellent rest of the week. Yes. Bye. Bye.